listening to WFNULP St. Paul, 94.1 FM, Frogtown Community Radio. WFNU is a volunteer-run station made up of many different community voices. Each program expresses one aspect of that diversity and not the views of WFNU or Frogtown tuned in as a whole. You are listening to The 945 Show on WFNULP 94.1 FM and podcasted everywhere. Local music from the Twin Cities. Everybody and welcome to WFNULP 94.1 FM in St. Paul. You're listening to the 945 show. I am your host, Mike Resendez. It's a chilly Saturday morning out there. I have a great show lined up today. We have an in-studio guest. Eli Gardner's here. Good morning, Eli. How you doing? Good. How are you, man? I'm a little sleepy, but I'm waking up. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> you got that uh, nice tall <laughs> coffee right there. Yeah. So is there anything better than coffee right away in the morning? Um more sleep but other than that yeah, yeah. i hear you coffee's great yeah what do you get what are you drinking by the way what kind of fancy uh do you hit thing in your cup um it's a little coffee and cream cream and sugar Just wow fancy bit. yeah i don't get too crazy with all the frappuccinos and cap mochas and all that stuff <laughs> i hear you you kind of have to be in the right mood for that and actually now that i'm getting older i'm realizing that i'm actually like looking at that stuff and going oh that's gonna hurt my teeth maybe a little jameson every once in a while well there you go you can do that <laughs> you do bailey so you bailey's yeah in the coffee bailey's, guy? sometimes both Ooh. or pick one yeah. nice great well i bet our listeners didn't think we were gonna get jameson and <laughs> bailey's talk at it's saturday right right yeah exactly it's the weekend uh we're gonna have a lot of fun tonight or this morning i should say uh eli you're gonna be playing live in yeah, studio. yeah, we'll do a song or two. Yeah, and then we got a couple of songs uh, lined up for you. I see you got your notebook here. We've talked about your notebook before, and um, I see you've got uh, words written down, and it looks like you're getting to the end of that one. Yeah, this one is actually full up. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a full. It's uh, I had to I had to go and find it. This is a song. Um, we'll get to later. Um, that I wrote about uh about the COVID times and the um holiday times um but i wrote it last year but it'll work right it'll now work, though. right it's, yeah. the, it's the same time of year it is it's uh like i said it looks cold outside uh looks like it snowed i didn't know that was going to happen we're not going to do the weather now because that's you know something special we do later and eli's going to help us out with that it's going to be great so if you're not going to stick around for the music at least stick around for eli's weather report it's going to be awesome all right uh if you want more information on wfnu LP, the radio station, please visit WFNU.org. There you can see schedules of when your favorite show, like this one, is on the air. Plus, you can find out uh, more information on what we're doing in the community. If uh, you're a small business out there, local business, or a large business that would like to uh, help us out and underwrite on the station, you can find out information on that as well. You can also find out more information about our license holder, Frogtown Tuned In, at frogtowntunedin.org. You can check it out there. 
You can check me out on social media at Mike Res Radio everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Eli, where can our listeners find you? Oh, it's pretty simple. EliGardner.com. E-L-I-G-A-R-D-I-N-E-R. I got all my music, all my shows up there. If you want to come, go and sign up for the mailing list. Um, you'll be notified when the shows come up. And I got a few coming up in the next few months. Is this hat still available, by the way? The one yep. I'm wearing? Yep, I like the hat, yeah. It says, shut up and listen to the song. <laughs> yep, you can get you can get your merch needs there, too. Um, and uh, just order right, right on the website. Nice. Speaking of shows, you just played a show at the Ice House. Yeah. Uh, how did that go, and uh, how are shows in general uh, coming back for you? Yeah, they've been fun. I've been focusing on booking some uh, some full band shows with the band I um, put out an album with um, two years ago now. I don't even, I, a year and a half, <laughs> six months ago, I'm not right, sure. Right, yeah. <laughs> is that the home album? Um, no, oh, this is, is this is the Fire in the Medicine. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been going it's been going pretty good. We got some full band shows lined up the next couple months, and uh, the more we play, the better we get. So it's it's, and it's always fun. Nice. Yeah. Now, when uh, you, you released two albums in the last year or two, you had The Fire and the Medicine, uh, when I had you on the first time, was just being released. Correct, yeah. Um, and then Home is out on Bandcamp. Yes, just exclusively on Bandcamp. Exclusively on Bandcamp. <laughs> um, and is it hard to do two releases kind of during the pandemic? I mean, what, what have you run into obstacle-wise, and yeah, are well, you playing catch-up right now? They're two very distinctly different releases. The Fire and the Medicine is a full band, full production, um, doing it kind of the best I could do it at the time mm-hmm. with the best players. And Home is more of a, I'm going to sit at home and record these songs by myself. And so it's much more stripped down. Sure. And I had initially planned to do around 20 songs, and that kind of got put to the wayside and, you know, life happens and stuff. So there's about, I think, 12, 10 to 12 songs on the Bandcamp page right now. And... More will be added eventually. Sure. But it's kind of like a work in progress album. Um, nice. And so and I, my vision for it is to put, you know, a lot of different um, songs that don't make albums or I don't play alive a lot, more of a stripped down feel. Um, so, yeah, that's an ongoing album that's um, released, I guess, right now, but will be added to. So it's like a, a living they call them living documents in the corporate world. Oh yeah, that's great. The, the living album, yeah. Yeah, there you go, because it'll be growing as you go. Yep. So, what if that album ends up being like thirty-seven, forty tracks? Could it you could be. Could release a part one and a part two or a part four or well, something. Well, that's the, that's the great thing is like Bandcamp. It's like you know, it's not a whole thing where it's like released to streaming services and stuff. You can, mm-hmm. it's totally artist friendly. You can go in there. You could upload a song every day if you wanted to. Sure. And it's direct to people, um, and so. That's my vision is to kind of just keep adding to this as I record at home and um, see how many tracks end up, you know, could be <laughs> 40 or 50. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? That'd be really re- unique to have that kind of an album. But that's kind of what, that's the good thing about Bandcamp is you can pretty much do, once it's out there, you can add to it or subtract from it. Mm-hmm. It's not like when you release an album on Spotify, that's it. Right. So there's no, no adding, no subtracting, right, once that gets out there? Absolutely. Yeah. So... You've got a whole notebook full of songs. How many of those have been written and published and, and recorded, and how many of them are are, are being worked on constantly? Um, it's hard to say with this notebook. <laughs> um, I know 
that there was a few songs from the Fire and Medicine and and probably most of the home songs. Okay. Although the the home album um is interesting because it's a it's a mixture right now of uh older songs and newer songs that I've been working on. So, yeah. And my laptop's talking to us right now. <laughs> <laughs> the computer agrees. Right, I know. Okay, just have to click I understand on this, and then I think they'll go away for the rest of the show, but yeah, we'll find out. My laptop is, uh, I don't know if, you, if you've been following this show, but this has been an ongoing issue with me, this new laptop. So I've upgraded, and I don't think it was a good idea. Oh, yeah, so, don't ever upgrade. <laughs> yeah, well, it was one of those, the, the, the old one was like seven years old, and it was time to upgrade. Yeah, and I just think I picked the wrong wrong laptop or I got a lemon. I'm not really sure. How do you adjust to equipment failures, um, whether it's at, while you're at home recording or whether it's live on stage? What do you do as an artist to, to get around that? And how many times do you think people watching or listening actually know that there was <laughs> something well, going on? it's interesting you should ask that question because the, the last show at the Ice House, the last song by Amp, totally stopped working really yeah i played um we played a 90 minute set um almost two hours actually this past show um this past tuesday and i did half an acoustic set with acoustic guitar and full band and then half more than half actually with electric guitar and for some reason my, my amp started stopped working the last song midway through the last song Oof. which luckily it was the last song right so i just had to switch switch guitars and just the band kept playing and switched out to an acoustic and finished up the set. Um, nice. Yeah, that's pretty much all you can do is kind of is kind of rally or you know make a quick decision based on what you have available, I guess. Right, yeah, just got to pivot. Mm-hmm. Like from friends when they're carrying that couch up the stairs, I just pivot. <laughs> in, in in what? You see the show Friends? Uh, not for a long time. Okay, yeah. The, the, is, that, is that one of your shows? Uh, not one of my shows, no. It's just one of the moments that always sticks out. Oh, yeah, the pivot my, couch, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. pivot, yeah. <laughs> so, time is now 9.56. You're listening to WFNULP, 94.1 FM in St. Paul, Frogtown Community Radio. This is the 9.45 show. I am your host, Mike Resendez. Eli Gardner is here in studio. We're going to hear some music from him in just a little bit, uh, but we're catching up uh, with him. Now, you released some couple of videos I saw online. Uh, you painted a room in your house. Yeah, I did. And, uh, I was painting um, last month or so, doing a lot of painting. Yeah, and then you recorded a couple uh, of quick videos uh, with your music. Uh, is there any plans on releasing other full-length videos? I know you've got a couple out there already. Yeah, definitely. Um I, you know, I'm always working on new music and I want to do my, my vision right now, which may change is the next album, do more of a live in studio kind of thing with okay. the band because we've been playing a lot more together and we've been gelling and, um, getting a feel for kind of what songs work. And I've been playing a lot of songs that I haven't, you know, recorded and released. And so my, my vision with that is to put together more of a live feel album we just get in a room, we play and record it. Um, and so from that, I'm sure there will be some video opportunities. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, do you gonna do you see yourself going into a studio, or do you see it's uh, more home recordings? I see a lot of artists are. It's kind of fifty fifty now. Some yeah. go into the studio, some stay at home, and they get creative with moving mattresses around, or you know, recording vocals in the closet, or doing mm. something crazy. Yeah, I think um, based on based on my experience, I probably want to do it in a studio where it's more of a controlled environment. Sure. Um, I think, and just based on my my equipment, I don't have the equipment myself to do home recordings at that capacity. You know? Sure. Just uh, just solo stuff from here right now, home recordings. But um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I'm not sure when this can happen, but I'm just enjoying playing live, uh, doing the live shows, and um, you know, kind of coming together as a band. It's you know the the the, the guys I'm playing with, Greg Shooty, um, Dan Schwartz, and Nick Salisbury. They play a lot of music around town, and they're wonderful musicians. And they were the guys that um, played on the Fire and Medicine, but in, in the studio when we got together, that was the first time we played with other okay and so it's taking it's kind of moving backwards usually bands play live and then they go in the studio well, we're doing the opposite so right <laughs> um, so it's been fun to just kind of see how our strengths come out and um and how we bounce off each other on stage yeah no I, I think we've gone over this before but for people who haven't listened to the other shows and it's been a while since you've been on how did you meet your band um i met Dan Schwartz and um, and Nick Salisbury through the Songwriter Showcase um, in uh, here in St. Paul at Plum's Bar and Grill. Okay. And uh, Nick Hensley runs that every Sundays. Um, I think it starts at eight forty-five every Sunday, and it's it's um it took a little break over you know over the pandemic, but it's back, and uh, it's a great room to go in and um. It's not necessarily an open mic because it's um, really encouraged for people to play their own original songs. So I was going in there when I first moved here and um, playing my own music. And there's a backing band, which includes Nick Salisbury and sometimes Dan Schwartz. And I was just loving the mu- what they were doing like immediately with the songs I was playing that they had never heard before. And so through that, I met Greg. I met Greg Schutte and was looking for... Uh, I was looking for um, a studio, and he had one, and he played drums, so it all seemed to work out. Nice. Yeah. It's a good way to get in to a band, too, have a studio. <laughs> and yeah. they play drums. Hey, look I at know. that. <laughs> Two for one. Yeah, you get a lot of a lot of good stuff out of that. Um, how often do you guys get together to rehearse before a show? What, Has it what, been? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> I think you just answered that question. <laughs> Is it tougher just because of schedules and things that go around and with all of you? I know you, you yeah, all we, have your yeah, own lives. I mean, usually so. it's, it's, it's really uh, in-the-moment kind of stuff, so there's not much rehearsal. Um, I might send them some stuff uh, beforehand if it's a new song. or Sure. But um, but they're, they're, they're professionals. I mean, they come in, and, and that's kind of the fun of it for me, too, is not necessarily knowing what's going to happen. It's, mm-hmm. it's a real in-the-moment kind of thing. And some songs are, you know, you just, you play them and that's the way they are, but others are really open to interpretation. Sure. Yeah. A lot of improv on stage? Um, it just depends on the night, but... Sure. And, and, and the songs that, and song selection, but um, my songs, I think, are usually pretty simple and straightforward. And so there's, there's a lot of areas where you can, depending on the feeling of the night, do different things. Um whether it's uh, percussive or 
um, or changing just kind of the feel of it. Yes, the computer agrees. Yep. <laughs> Did you, um, have you ever like get caught in like a jam session on stage where you and the band are just feeling it and you just, they're jamming out and they're like, well, this song's going on for a okay, while, but we we're all having that? a lot of fun. Yeah. How do you, how do you get out of that? If, I mean, does, has that happened? Well, and, that's the kind of the, where the, the learning how to be a band leader comes in is like, okay, okay this is probably, we should probably take its direction and that's all feel. And sure. That's what I'm learning to do. And that's why it's so much fun is for me is like, the, the, you know, the, where, where the stuff goes, we'll feed off each other, but ultimately it, um, you know, it's, uh, they're looking to me to, to kind of cue them if the song's going to end, you know? Have you done the, uh, like the Garth Brooks lift up of the the guitar and like jam it down and get them to, to end the song or to yeah, get that nice bass drop? Lift a leg or an eyebrow. Or... <laughs> I was wondering, because like him and, and Springsteen, Garth Brooks and Bruce Springsteen are really good at, got that whole guitar raise and drop thing. The raise and drop and then hit the, hit the, um, toms and the song ends or the yeah yeah. something yeah you're just in the screaming i mean they just Uh, they have that energy that i just i don't really do like the the bruce uh count off the one two three i I, I need to work on that Uh, what there was a trying to remember i I bought a cd a few years back and every song had the count in it and it was a studio album i was like why not just edit that out (laughs) it wasn't a live version or anything i can't gosh i I got to remember what that was. It's going to bug me. But a, yeah, every Springsteen album? wasn't a Springsteen album. It was uh, I can't. I'm thinking U2, but I'm not sure. That like, sounds like U2. Yeah, it's like every one Bono counted down, and I was like, "It's a studio album. Get that out of there." I don't. I don't. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite um, songwriters of the last couple of years is Corey Brannon. Okay. And he has a live thing where he's playing solo, and he counts in. He's like, "Who am I counting in?" Like in the song, like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so well, I'm like counting this in. <laughs> That's got to be like just like a uh instinct thing or just something that he's used to doing like a habit of counting. Mm-hmm. I would Definitely. guarantee it's like they tell you in radio school never to clear your throat before you open the mic because you'll always clear your throat even if it never needs to be cleared. Oh, interesting, yeah. And that's too late for me. It's a habit. So right. I do it. So I definitely fell into that. It's kind of crazy how your mind takes over and Picks up these habits, good or bad. All right, the time is now 10.04. You're listening to the 9.45 show. I want to get into some of your music right now, um, and I want to play a couple of songs we're going to hear uh, when we are gone off of The Fire and the Medicine, and then we have Old Cowboys off of Home. And right. in between that, I th- you're going to play your song. Uh, do you want to describe your music before we... Get into it, the name of it, uh, what it's about, and everything. Or do you want to wait till we get uh, what, to this? What song are we playing first? Uh, we're gonna play uh, when we are <clears throat> when we are gone first, okay. and then and then we'll get into your your live in studio performance, and then we'll play old cowboys afterwards. Um, yeah, this is a song that uh, came together in the studio for the fire and the medicine. Um, I had a riff and I had an idea, and uh, the band took it away, and I think it ended up with a really good groove and. Uh, put together a music video for it um and just basically just a driving single shot video and i think it fits the song really well is this the one that's uh was shot uh i think outdoors around a couple bridges in minneapolis no this is the one where it's just it's just a driving like like a road trip song. okay yeah gotcha it's a single shot um driving out in the country in uh in minnesota here 
Awesome. All right, well, let's get into it. When We Are Gone by Eli Gardner, off the fire in the medicine, you are listening to WFNU. That was When We Are Gone by Eli Gardner off The Fire and the Medicine, which is available on Bandcamp and Spotify right now, if you want to check it out. Probably a lot of other streaming services as well. Is that correct, Eli? Yeah, pretty much all of them, I think. So go... Some I haven't even heard of. <laughs> you had like like the Deezers of the world? And yeah, I think I think The titles of the world? Yeah. Nice. 
I don't know what those are, but I think that's on there. <laughs> <laughs> Other streaming services. I think Title is the one you, everyone should be on because that pays out the more per Which stream. Which one is owned by Jay Z? Title. Okay. I think he just sold it actually. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know to who, but uh, yeah, it was like one of those. I would sell it for that amount too. Wow. Okay. Type things. So I I don't blame him for for cashing out on that one. Um, but you've got a uh, a song you want to. Uh, to play for us one that you wrote yeah. said last year yep during uh the covid and the holiday time um and if you want to explain a little bit more about the, this song i'll let you take it away um all right this is a song that actually someone asked me to write uh and it's uh it's, it's kind of a topical song about covid and christmas and how santa's kind of old and maybe we should wear a mask around him <laughs> nice. this is uh actually what is this this is called please don't kill santa claus time of year Christmas time is here and the bells are ringing Claus is getting old presents are being sold so please don't cough on him all the kids want toys Greedy little boys Please don't kill Santa Claus Santa's elderly Why can't you see It's not that hard to wear a mask Your stockings might be light But his beard is so white Maybe Rudolph has been vaccinated. Yes, Santa Claus is old, as this COVID time is told. But please don't kill Santa Claus. It's that time of year. Christmas time is here. But please don't kill Santa Claus. Nice. <laughs> it's a fun one. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of one of those dark but funny, humorous, humorous songs. Informational songs. Right, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it still applies, unfortunately, um, to this time of year. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I, I honestly thought that we would not be where we're at right now anymore. I thought it would be over a long time ago. But, hey, I we know. are where we are at. Yep. So it is get, it is what it is, right? Get um, your boosters, damn it. Yeah. And don't kill Santa Claus. Yeah, that'd be sad. Don't kill yeah. anybody really. When you're trying to eat turkey, you're on the table. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you get to uh sit around and, and write music and then do you do you in this time of year do you get a lot of holiday inspiration or are you one of those people that don't really 
get into the holiday spirit. Like you, you celebrate, but you're not probably like into the holiday spirit all the time. Um, yeah, it's been interesting because um, years past, I kind of hated Christmas music. Okay. Um, maybe that's because I, long time ago, I had some job in retail and they would loop. Oh yeah. The music and it wasn't good Christmas music. It was horrible pop it's Christmas never, music. Yes. And it would every hour and a half the loop would start again <laughs> and it was my kind of my own personal hell right see i worked retail as well in a place that had a lot of music playing and yeah the uh the christmas music this time of year during the through the muzak is right. not is not very diverse it'd be better if, mm-hmm. if they went on like a three or four hour rotation instead of like you said the hour and a half mm-hmm. you kind of knew you were going to hear mariah carey five times in your shift it's uh that is true. You can, you can only take so much Mariah Carey in a day. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's great. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I like uh, – it's been interesting because this is probably the first Christmas song I wrote, Christmas theme song. And I guess I don't think of songs in that way necessarily. Like um, I don't think of, of holiday songs. Sure. Uh, there was some, like there's – I know there's a Pearl Jam song that – you know, please let me sleep. That's, I guess, technically a Christmas song. And there's some Ramones stuff that I really enjoy. That's, you know, um, I just heard it on the way over here. I think uh, Ramones song called uh, "I Don't Want to Fight" or something. It's Christmas time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's a uh, "Lays and Low," which is a local band. They, I don't know when it was released, but I played it last week. It's okay. Their song is called "Christmas I Don't Like," hmm. and it's kind of one of those. They talk about all the things that annoy them about this time of year, but then some of the things they like yeah. about this time of year. So it's kind of an interesting take on a Christmas holiday song yeah, that I hadn't heard before. Absolutely, I think it's great that people are, um, I mean, especially on this time, I mean, music is so abundant always, but for some reason on the holidays, people really turn to music, um, whether it's, it's social gatherings or just kind of to feel, you know, seasonal, you know? Right. I hear that. All right, we're going to hear another song. This one's off of the home album that's only available on Bandcamp. Um, It's called Old Cowboys. Uh, We're going to play this, and then uh, we'll talk about uh, how they can find it on your Bandcamp right after this. All right. Rough, he can't fight the shame. 
distance there's a wolf howling In the dream she's calling my name So could it be real Everything you feel Walking hand in hand In the rain Men get old, they want to be cowboys Cowboys don't worry about a thing They don't cry, they don't even die Riding into the sunset like a king All right, that was Old Cowboys by Eli Gardner on the 945 show here on WFNULP. Time is now 10:19. We had your band camp on. Wow, nice. <laughs> uh, the time is now 10:19. Uh, I am Mike Resendez. Eli Gardner is in studio. Yeah. So that was off of Home, which yeah. is only available on Bandcamp. And how can people find your Bandcamp page? Um, they go to eligardner.bandcamp.com um, or search Google for Eli Gardner Bandcamp. Nice. There you go. Yeah. Is, is it weird that people can Google your name now, now that you're a singer and you're out there and you've got stuff on the internet? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't mind. It's, you know, I think it's, you know, it's the great thing about social media and, and the internet is that. If you hear something and uh, people like it, then it's pretty easy to find. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. all that matters, right? People people liking it and easily foundable, findable. There's some people, there's still some artists out there where I can't find them anywhere. I'll hear their music and they'll have a Facebook page, but it'll be very minimal on that Facebook mm-hmm. page. It'll be very minimal on their Instagram or their Twitter. Right. And they'll have a link that ends up going to some page, some fan, some artist page that they don't keep up with anymore. And it's like... You guys have got to keep make this easier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's important if you're putting music out that people should be able to listen to it. You know, right? Um, I mean, it's and usually a lot. You know, if, if you're playing a show and people are into it, and then or you, that's what I do is if I'm on a show and I don't know who this is but I like it, I'm gonna try to find it somewhere, and usually that's online. Right. Shazam has been a friend of ours lately. Ah. Uh, that's still a thing. Everybody Shazam. I know everyone's probably like, what the hell is Shazam? I think one of my songs gets Shazam like a couple times every every month. Okay. You get the emails and the reports. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Okay. Where they're, where they're played on that. Like, I think it's through Apple Music. Oh, sure. I and can... so they show where the, your music is played and then where it was Shazammed. Oh, nice. As well. Yeah. And we, uh, so my wife and I have gotten into that Ted Lasso show on apple ah, tv yes. and they have a lot of good music on there and it's uh mm-hmm. a lot of uh not many well-known artists are on that um and there's some that are very well known but sometimes we'll just sit there and be like well who is this and i take out the shazam and nice. stand next to the tv and figure out who it is <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of kind of funny that and i think i might be the only one maybe there's two of us that still use shazam i mean i don't know so yeah at least a couple yeah People, if, I don't think I've ever used Shazam, but yeah, for those listening that don't know what Shazam is, it's an app where you can, if you hear music, um, 
you can hold it up to the speaker and it'll tell you who it is and what it's by and what the album is and gives you all the information. Uh, tells you how to buy it and everything. It's kind of, it's really nice if you don't know yeah. anything. Then you just got to try to remember or write it down or take a screenshot. <laughs> what is that episode where they get stuck in the words? Shazam is a word you get stuck on. Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. Shazam. <laughs> like, just the sounding where, where you... This loses the meaning. You're just you're just saying it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was. <laughs> yeah. Ted Lasso is a, is a good good show if you got Apple TV and you have some time on your hands to watch. It's it's a interesting show because they when I was told about it, I was told it was a comedy. There is comedy in the movie, but I think or in the show, and I think it's more of a dramedy more yeah. than anything. Well, it's got depth. You know, some. Yeah. I think co- some comedies just. They don't want to get into the nitty gritty of life sometimes, and I think it's got some depth to, to the characters, which is the type of shows I like. Right, yeah. absolutely. It's a very, very good, well written show, and uh, you kind of have to pay attention to every episode because it's kind of like um, Modern Family was this way, right. where if you paid attention, if you watched every show but you paid attention, in a season or two later, they might bring up the same joke uh, or make make a joke that it's referenced to something that had happened a season or two earlier hmm. that a lot of people like. So I think Ted Lasso is kind of the same way. They'll make references to things or you got to pay attention to what's going on in the beginning of a season to see what happens at the end of a season. It's kind of, kind of interesting in that way. Yeah. Is there any other shows that you uh, get into that you stream? Um, I'm sure there are. Let me think. <laughs> is there a streaming service that uh, is your go-to or? Not really. It just depends on, um, I've been watching Cowboy Bebop a little bit. Never got into the like the the those animated series, but um, sure. But yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I don't know. There's just so much stuff out there. It you can kind of get sucked in, right? And uh, lose some time. So I haven't been doing too much streaming stuff. Um, but every once in a while, I'll catch something that's uh, that's interesting. I've been meaning to check out the Beatles um, thing on Apple TV actually. Sure. Yeah. It's um. Interesting. I yeah. watched the first episode. I don't know if it's it's. I think it's for for hardcore fans that people that want to see kind of interaction in a studio and stuff. Yeah, am I correct with that? It's well, yeah. I think by now though, the only people that are watching anything Beatles are like the hardcore fans or the people that are interested in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the last couple of years or you know any any of like the new compilation music or right. like especially something like this, somebody who wasn't a fan of the Beatles isn't going to watch this. You know, they're just not going to be interested. Um, but, yeah, I, we just thought it was interesting. One of the, the funny parts, and I'm not giving anything away by saying this, is Paul McCartney was talking about how old he felt mm-hmm. and how old they all felt. They're 28 when they were making this <laughs> this right. documentary. And to have to hear them be like, oh, we're so washed up, we're old, we can't do this, right. our age, our bodies are falling apart. <laughs> and he's like, I'm 28, I can't do this forever. And I'm like, oh, my God, they're 28? <laughs> you know, it just kind of makes you realize how young they were when they started yeah i mean they were in their teens 16 17 years old when they were playing that cavern pub you know those old 50s uh, videos you see of them down there so it's just nuts uh, to think about how much they accomplished in such a short amount of time but for someone like me when it was over by the time i had realized who they were Mm -hmm. i thought you know god they how do these guys still living you know, two of them still living. They seem ancient, but they had broken up before they were 30. Yeah. It's just nuts. 
Yeah, it's. I, I want to check it out. I, I really enjoyed the um, the show with Rick Rubin and Paul McCartney, where they just sat down and dissected certain songs and uh, listened to the the studio, like the stem mixes, where it's like you can isolate drums or isolate vocals, and oh, they talked about how cool. how the, um, some of the songs were put together. Okay, and they did some really um, unique stuff, which is, you know, for, um, probably mainly because of the producers they work with and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. They did some really unique things in the studio where it was totally something that's never been done before. Right. Where they were just thinking way out there and um, trying to get a certain sound and a feel. And um, that's what's really interesting to me is to see that kind of stuff where I think when, you know, for speaking from 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 my um, just experience going into the studio and stuff, there's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine that kind of pressure when <laughs> <laughs> well when you watch this documentary you'll realize yeah. the amount of pressure they were for that okay. i mean yeah it, i'm not a musician but i would i would go nuts i don't know how they did it so you'll you'll find as a musician I mean, i'll be interested to see what your take yeah, on it is i should check it out then. as a musician because uh the first episode so there are three episodes two hours just i think they're all just over a two hours each so okay. that's a little over six extra hours this is the same footage that they used for um the other documentary guy what's the name of that one a hard day's night right so this is the same footage it's the same camera people it's just six more hours of footage i think they found 57 58 hours or something Interesting. and peter jackson directed it the guy who did lord of the rings so um and it's just uh it's an interesting take um, but I think one that I think a lot of musicians and people who like the Beatles will like. Well, the Beatles so. are, are, it's interesting because it's, it's just seems like they've always, those songs have always been around. Right. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, growing up, that's how I felt like, you know, hard, you know, hard days night and, um, all those songs where it's like, yep, they just always been around it's, yeah. and they're just so, <laughs> at, so accessible and, um, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to check out that documentary and just kind of see kind of the thought process and see who's driving the, you know, driving the show. Right. I always wondered what it would be like, what the Beatles or any of those bands back then would be like if they would still be as successful with the technology, like with streaming services, because that's kind of changed right. the way things people absorb media differently now. And, um, I was just listening to, uh, a radio uh, show yesterday when they were talking about um, Adele and she released her new album this year. Every year she's released an album. She's the only artist that's has sold a million plus copies that year Oh wow! because everybody is streaming now they're not buying physical media anymore. So you kind of wonder how those artists that were selling 30, 40 million copies each album, how successful they would be these days would they be lost in the noise right because there's a lot because it's so accessible now you got soundcloud and you've got you know spotify and all these other streaming services where and people have their allegiance to each streaming service you know would would you hear like if the beatles just released on apple or mm-hmm. if they just released you know would they do that you know what would their marketing plan be it just it seems really weird and to think about yeah how things could have been different if the technology was different back then yeah yeah, I think I think the limitation to to entertainment definitely narrowed um, people's you know 
people were hungry for that and there wasn't so many options. Right. Um, and so was it because they were so good they rose to that? Or was it because people, you know, only had certain options? I'm not sure. Sure. You know? Yeah. From what I was told from parents who were around back then, they were really good. And they probably would have Well, they definitely are really good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a question on my, my mind either, but... Yeah. yeah, but I'm just, you know, with, yeah. like, a normal person, like somebody who wouldn't have been a fan found them, you know, oh, yeah. that type of thing. So, but, yeah, I mean, but I, to think that they were from England, you know, from a different part of the world and still were huge here, I mean, that back then that didn't happen. You had your, like, your USA bands and your, mm-hmm. you had those people being popular here because that's what you heard. And then the Beatles really kind of broke that when they had their first song. Their first song was played on the radio here in the United States, being sent through a cable, underwater cable in the ocean. Really? Yeah, that was, I remember one of my old radio instructors worked at KDWB. Wow. And they were the first radio station to play their song. And it was sent out at a certain time. So if you wanted to be a radio station to play that song, you all had to be on this cable wire at the same time, and then you could play it. That was the first Beatles song played was via underwater cable. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's almost like, you know, if we we ever go underwater and live underwater, there's no way of knowing that first experience of hearing something for the first time. Right. Because we've been, all our lives, we've been exposed to all this, all this music. Mm-hmm. And all this access, and that's changed, you know, just in our lifetime, as far as like, you know, from cassette tapes or CDs or whatever. Right. But I don't know if there's any way of really replicating what it would be like to hear a band like the Beatles for the first time. Yeah, that would be that'd be something. <laughs> well, you see in all these documentaries, all these mu- musicians that were influenced, they all come back. To that performance on TV, you mm-hmm. know, that's when they're like, "I want to do this." That's, that's when they caught the rock and roll bug. Yeah, what's what's fun about this documentary though is that they talk about Chuck Berry and um, Stevie Wonder, and like that's how where they got their inspiration mm-hmm. from. And they will they'll play riffs. You'll see it. They play riffs on their guitar, and they'll say, "Oh yeah, I heard it." Uh, you know, Chuck Berry played this one, and right. I'm just trying to do something different to it. You know, so. Yeah. It's kind of funny, you know, it's the Beatles, but, you know, they're getting inspiration from all these other well, places how, and I mean, rock and roll, man. That's how it seems to work. Is like I've, And I've heard other artists talk about it where it's like, I'm trying to do this, but it's through my mold. It's through what I do. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretending to be like this. I want to be like that person, but it's coming through me, so it's coming out different. Sure. And that's why I think a lot of artists do when they first start out. Mm-hmm. As they're trying to emulate something, you know, Bob Dylan did it with, you know, Woody Guthrie, and before he really formed into what he was doing, and you know, and, and morphed into what he's doing now. But um, I think that's the cool thing about music and art is where, even if you're trying to replicate something, you know, it's going to come through you, and be shaped by your brain and your hands and mm-hmm. your your ideas and your fears and all that stuff. Right, yeah, just like anything else. If somebody mm-hmm. gave you and I a piece of paper and a pen and said, draw what I'm about to explain, yes, we'll both have two different things. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's, just kinda, it's just fun. It makes art what it is. Yeah. 
All right, are you ready for this, Eli? I don't know if uh, we didn't talk about when this was exactly going to happen, but it's going to happen now. Are you ready to do the weather? Uh, sure. All right, hold on one second. It is now time for the WFNULP Out the Window Weather Report. All right, you laugh, but this is popular. So go ahead and tell the fine folks out in Radioland what, what you see out the, out the window. All right. Currently in St. Paul, <laughs> it looks pretty uh, nice and blue, some grays. Um, there's a lot of white stuff on the ground. Um, doesn't look too windy out. The Sears parking lot is f- very empty. And no church bells are ringing currently. Oh, man. And I see, I can see one, two, three church towers from here. Maybe more. Maybe that's a bank over there. Oh, make that four. So there's one over here. There's two over there. One right there. And then St. Francis is just, just out of your sight line. Good job on the weather. Was that all right? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> All right, the uh, the weather for this uh, weekend. Uh, today you're going to have a high of 23 degrees. Tomorrow we're going to warm up to 32. We might get some of the snow that I had no idea was going to be happening <laughs> overnight melted, but we'll probably won't. Monday we'll have a high of 30, a low of 9. Tuesday a low of 7 and a high of 26. Uh, later on this afternoon it's going to remain mostly cloudy. Sunset is scheduled for 4.32 and currently it is 19 degrees outside. Feels like 8. That windshield will get you. And that is your WFNU out the window weather report. Good job on that, by the way. That was just off the top of the head. Was it? That is awesome. It's like you've you've done it before. <laughs> this uh you you mentioned the Sears parking lot and I would be remiss to have an episode where I didn't mention what was going on out there now that we can see it. Um, especially with this fresh snow on the ground, there's a lot of people like to whip donuts out there. And there is a cool figure eight donut out there from earlier today that I actually saw happening as I drove in. So that was uh, that was fun and interesting. Uh, last week, there was a gentleman that looked like he was going to fly a drone. He put a drone out of his car yeah, and then wisely decided not to i don't think you can fly a drone this close to the state capitol but i'm um, yeah i'm sure there's laws and regulations about that yeah so it never got off the ground so that was good uh, that he decided not to do that all right the time is now 10 37 you're listening to wfnulp 94.1 fm in st paul we are frogtown community radio this is the 945 show i am mike resendez my in-studio guest is eli gardner Eli played a song. We played a couple of his uh, songs off of uh, two of his albums. Uh, if you missed that, we'll, I'll have this podcast and you can go back and listen to it. Um, and we are talking about live shows. We were just talking yeah. about the Beatles. Yeah. Um, wh- who else are you listening to these days? Uh, we talked about you know the Beatles getting inspiration from other people, but do you specifically listen to other artists to gain inspiration, or do you? Do you listen to for entertainment? Is it hard to listen to a song and not try to want to break it down? Uh, yeah, I mean sometimes, but um, I'm kind of set in what what I can what my music right now. I'm pretty secure in playing, you know, kind of my sound and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I'm picking music uh, to, I think 
inspiration and um, just listening for my own pleasure is kind of the same thing. Okay. And I think that 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 can't help but inspire me as well. Sure. Yeah. Now, you, we talked uh, also, um, you don't do a lot of cover songs, but you do do a couple here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, is there specific artists that, that you want to cover um, or that you're currently covering? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a handful of artists. Uh, this past show at the Ice House, um, we did a Neil Young cover. Um, he's one of my favorites as far as just kind of how he approaches songwriting and performance as um not really a put on it's like this is what it is this is what i'm feeling it right mm-hmm. now this is how it's gonna come through in my music um and also songwriting where i think he uh doesn't really do a ton of editing like he he, he, he um i think he really likes just the initial inspiration sure and i kind of try to do that as well as far as I think songs will morph and form as they're played, but I think I don't want to over edit it and where it's too wordy or too songwritery, you know, where sure. it's like I would never say that word in real life <laughs> or weird two on the nose rhymes or right. Yeah. There's a, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I guess I never thought about it when you're writing songs, if it's like the way you would say it or the way you would talk, I guess I never yeah. thought about, about that way. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to go about it, but that's kind of that's my inspiration. That's the kind of style I like to go for is more of like, uh, you know, you overheard a conversation at a bar or mm-hmm. um, this is what people are talking about where it's, um, yeah, it's it seems like it's just off the top of the head, you know. Yeah. Now you're from Michigan originally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and we've talked a little bit about your favorite hockey team before. <laughs> um, are you following the NHL uh, this season? I know you're a hockey fan, so yeah. Do you have time to watch? I haven't had much time too? this year. I know. I know the Wild are doing all right, right? Yeah, they're doing pretty good actually. Yeah. yeah. That uh, recently, they've had a couple of games postponed, including right. today's game. Okay. Which is a bummer. So kind of stinks when you're in a hot streak and. Yeah. You have two out of the last three games postponed. So Yeah. No, it's been interesting because I, I, you know, growing up I was a huge hockey fan and, it's, you know, things kind of changed. But um, I still love watching a good hockey game. Mm-hmm. But I really don't know much as far as the players on teams anymore. Like I used to be able to name all the Red Wings for you, but now it's like I watch a team and looks like a bunch of young kids <laughs> skating around I've never heard of. But, yeah. Yeah. I get that. I there was a period of time where I knew nobody on the wild squad and I just wasn't watching Yeah, for whatever. I think it was when my kids were young and I, my time was, I'd have it on in the background, but I would never like actually watch the game or know who, what was going on. Um, but now I get a chance to sit down and watch them a little right. bit more. So it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. Do you watch uh, any football or anything like that this time of year? Are you a Lions fan? I can't remember. Man, I, I grew up with kind of a default Lions fan. Okay. And they would lose every Thanksgiving, and my <laughs> uncles would be upset. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with hockey. I'm more of a hockey fan, but if there's a game on, I'll watch it, you know, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm not doing anything else. But I don't really make a point to sit down and watch um, watch a, a sporting event right now. I, I, maybe it's because my uh, 
I don't know. I've got a lot of other stuff going on, or my attention span is is horrible. Sure. You know. Yeah. I Every, think everything's <laughs> changed in the last couple of years. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I enjoy watching that every once in a while. Um. But I'm not. I'm not really a diehard fan. Uh, for any team, you know. Yeah. Well, you'll be happy to know the Lions are still terrible. Okay. Uh, so you're not missing anything at all. You haven't missed anything. <laughs> when it comes to that so that's always good nice will you be heading home for the holidays or anytime soon or are you no, sticking around here i'm sticking around here yeah okay yeah do you have any uh traditions growing up uh holiday traditions like every december 3rd we bake cookies or <laughs> anything like that uh well um i'm i'm, I'm part uh hispanic part mexican mm-hmm. and so my one tradition would be um my mom would make mole okay um, so if I was going home to Michigan, she'd be making mole um, with chicken and, and rice and tortillas. That was uh, kind of a, a holiday tradition that we, uh, we we would do. So I'm part Mexican as well, mm-hmm. um, and tamales yes. are big this time of year. I love tamales. We, we actually tried to do tamales one year. Okay. Along with baking cookies in the same weekend. Nice. Do not do that. It is so much work. <laughs> I think it was like a 12-hour day on a Saturday and like another 12-hour day on the Sunday well, you'll have just to trying to get spot, all of it done. Spot to good, get uh, good tamales around here. El Burrito. El Burrito. Yep, I'll tell you that right now. So right. that's uh, they got really good, and it's all homemade. So everything they have, they have a grocery case. So you walk in, you go around back, park in the back, walk in, go immediately to the left once you get past the cashier. Yeah. And they have a whole okay. cooler case. Nice. Stop right there. That's I've that's been where on you the go. search for some uh, good tamales and uh, and tacos around town. So. Nice, yeah. And then there's a, there's a couple of good uh, taco trucks around here. Okay. Uh, not this time of year, obviously. But yeah. um, go down Lake Street in Minneapolis. There's a lot of good Mexican restaurants down Lake Street. Right. So uh, it's probably the best torta I've ever had was okay. on Lake Street. I can't remember the name of the restaurant because my uncle bought it for me, but. Mm. It was on Lake Street, so I, you'll find a lot of food, good food down there. So uh, the Midtown Global Market's not too bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know if El Burrito's still there or not. They had a stand there, but maybe they don't. I can't remember. But yeah, El Burrito would be the place to start in St. Paul. Yeah. Just over the the bridge. So. Okay. Do you have any like uh, musical um, traditions or songs you like to play or listen to around the holidays? Um, I, I don't, I just put on whatever's on the radio. Um, there's a last Christmas by Wham is always something that I, what about, what about, uh, holiday movies? Um, well, you got to start with Die Hard one or two. I'll listen to, I'll watch those, um, (laughs) Christmas vacation and elf. Those are the the four big ones. How about you? Yeah, definitely Christmas vacation. Um, uh, I'm really bad with names. Um, let me think. Um, isn't Slapshot a, a Christmas movie? It can be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's we'll, we'll call that. That's okay. one of my favorites too. Yeah. Gremlins. I mean. Gremlins. Yeah. It's during Christmas time. All right. So we can we can say Gremlins is as well. Okay. So where are you on the debate between? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie or not? Does it just take place during Christmas, or do you consider that a Christmas movie? It's been like a decades-long debate. Yeah, I think a Christmas movie is in the eye of the beholder. 
I like that. So answer. if you if you think it is, it is. <laughs> if you believe, right. if you build it, they will. <laughs> do you watch uh, a Christmas Story when they do the twenty four hour marathon? Yeah, that's one. That's one. I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Although, as you grow older, you realize <laughs> the what ridiculousness a of that. Yeah, he, right. He, he truly was. No. <laughs> you feel sorry for the thieves. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, we're on, we're on, we're on radio here. Don't say what right. <laughs> I get you. I get yeah. you. Yeah, we'll just say what a little punk he was. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, but that's a that's as far as like uh, Christmas theme stuff. I, those are good ones. Those are classics. I think. Yeah, Home Alone Two is not that great, mainly because they use the same house just in a different they make it look different right. but it's the same house right, right. actually so. no no what i think is a good christmas movie is grumpy old men i haven't seen that one in a while yeah and i just rewatched it actually okay there's there's a lot of ties to um to minnesota and minneapolis yeah they filmed and wabasha. that in wabasha yeah. wabasha and then actually um i was reading a bunch of stuff online sometimes i go down a hole like sure something. yep but with uh, Grumpy Old Men, the bar, Slippery's, which is in Wabasha, the exterior is actually the 331 Club here in Minneapolis. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. And see, it's been so long since I've watched it. I, yep. and I was just at 331 not too long yeah. ago. Yeah, so. 331 is actually one of my favorite spots in town to play lately. It's a really small stage. It's a small stage, but it's really intimate. People, you know, with full band, you can make people pay, pay attention and uh, people get into it. Okay, so I got to ask, with a full band on that stage, how do you make that work? Because we had a couple of synthwave acts on that mm-hmm. stage, and that was tight just with the Yeah, table. you got to put the drummer <laughs> right in the back. That's the okay. Corner. <laughs> and then the, I like to be closer to the wall. When we played there, I like to be closer to the wall. And then sure. the bass player and then um, other guitar player will be kind of stage right i guess yep near the bar sure yeah is there any fear of hitting any patrons coming out of the bathroom with their guitars is that all because i know maybe uh we had a keytar flying around stage that's why i stayed by the wall (laughs) yeah yeah that place gets packed though yeah it's a small place it's it's like a cozy i'd say cozy i don't want to call it a dive bar because it's not a dive i don't think i can call it a dive bar it's really nice uh, i like it yeah i think you i mean that it kind of fits that where you know it's kind of divey but right um but i like smaller places like that where it's it's a real intimate setting for music and um you feel like you're right there mm-hmm. with the musicians and uh yeah it's, it's a fun spot to play but yeah i was just reading that online i was like no way that's that, crazy that, that was used as exteriors 331 exteriors for Slippery's Bar in Grumpy Old Men. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's like you Cheers. <laughs> I have to, see, I have to watch that. I always forget about that movie. Yeah. When I'm trying to remember what movies I enjoyed mm-hmm. that I haven't seen in a while, I'm going to have to put that on the list. Uh, I remember Grumpier Old Men wasn't as good. No, it's not as good in space. It's like set in the summertime as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's one way to just dad keeps drinking beer on the bench right yeah on the couch by the lake yep yep Yep. (laughs) mick mick from the rocky movies oh i didn't connect that rocky four do you consider rocky four a christmas i don't know because i haven't seen that in a long time (laughs) he ended the cold war on christmas eve sure (laughs) (laughs) i mean that's that's a story for the ages right there (laughs) (laughs) i don't consider that. that that's probably the best movie 
that they crammed 37 different montages in, though. Because mm-hmm. that whole movie is just a montage. It's just one right after another, which is awesome if you're into that kind of <laughs> kind wow. of thing. I, I never thought about I guess you're you're correct on that. Yeah, I think there's four that I can think of off the top of my head in right. that movie. Well, so. I mean, the 80s is just the montage era, right? It is. It really is. Like Running on the Beach. Yep. That was Rocky 3. Yes. Yep. Running in the, in the Snow. Running in the Snow. That's four. Yep. Um, punching Meat. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was in all of them. <laughs> um. Yeah. It's, he's got uh, a training montage in every one of them. And then in the fourth one, there was the montage of him driving as fast as he can in a really expensive car after Apollo dies. Spoiler alert out there. Um, <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. And there was a training montage. There's a couple of training montages. And then the fight montage when they were just showing every round and they were beating the crap out of each other. So, and then he ends the Cold War. So, I mean, it was it was great. Hmm. I mean, tells everybody to just believe in each other and that ends it right there. So well, I mean, does Christmas movies based on time of year or message, or does uh, it have to be a combination? I probably, I to me, it's just time of year because there was no just message in Die Hard other than "Don't mess with John McClane." Yeah. So in that one and the second one. Yeah. So that was uh just funny that it was Die Hard Two is this is Die Hard One just in an airport, so just like Speed Two. Oh, right. It's like Speed 1, but on a boat. I never so. saw Speed 2. Don't. <laughs> never had any desire. If you've seen the first Speed, you've seen Speed 2. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you could write an 80s soundtrack song. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, and then you can make a video of just montages to go along with it. <laughs> that would be, uh, I think that would be a good uh, challenge for yourself right there. Maybe that'll be the next record. It'll be um, <laughs> songs inspired by Rocky IV. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> you could cover a couple of Survivor songs at your next gig. Uh, yeah. Eye of the Tiger. It's interesting. I've been listening to a lot of different podcasts, and um, I think Dave Grohl's been on kind of the media blitz for his new book or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he talks about how Nirvana drumming is just like disco drumming. Oh, sure. Like the beats and stuff. And how it's it's like uh, those type of beats can translate, mm-hmm. you know. And I think, um, I don't know, for some reason that that kind of just reminded me of like eighties eighties music. And uh, but I don't know, that was a tangent. I just went off on, but um, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. We um, like I talked to somebody who was learning how to drum, and they were showing us. And he said, "Yeah, it's it's a fifties beat." That you can play any song off of this beat. You just got to know the different rhythms of the songs. But once you mm-hmm. can pick up on the rhythm, if you start out with this 50s beat, you can play any song. And you can learn that. It's like the power chords. Right, you right. Know? Any, you can play any Nirvana song. If, if you learn the power chords, you can learn any Nirvana song, is what I was told. Yep. Like a lot of songs from, like a lot of rock songs. More from than the, a feeling. From the 80s and 90s. Da, 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 it's more than a feeling. <laughs> Yeah. You can do a cover album. 80s power ballad cover <laughs> album. We'll yeah, see if that works. Or maybe not. <laughs> I kind of lost lost interest in that halfway through that sentence. Right. <laughs> so, well, Eli, I want to thank you for coming in. Yeah. Uh, we've got a, a new clock uh, here, so we got to get going here pretty quick. So 
our ads can play or our underwriting can play at the end of the uh, the hour here. Um, do you have any uh, new music or new albums uh, coming out um, anytime soon or recording anything soon or are we uh, just concentrating on shows? Yeah, I'm just kind of booking a lot of music right now and um, mm. uh, doing live shows, enjoying doing those. And the recordings will happen, but nothing, nothing planned out right now. Sure. Yeah. And the next show is? Um, January 28th at okay. Ginkgo Coffee. Oh, in St. Paul. Yeah. It's going to be... Um, uh, a duo show for me, me and Dan Schwartz will be playing it, and then with my friend and songwriter, uh, Vlad Messing. Awesome. Yeah. That's Snelling and Minnehaha. Okay. Um, and they have uh, creaky floors, and it's awesome. That place is really nice. Yeah. January 28th starts at 6.30, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, coming in. Everybody go see Eli uh, at Ginkgo coffee house it'll be great um we are going to be out until the beginning of the new year because next saturday is christmas so i will not be in i will be opening gifts and hanging out with family eli thanks again um thank you and we'll catch you in 2022